Welcome to our podcast series, Elected Ed, in which we talk about issues affecting the everyday governing environment for local elected officials throughout North Carolina. We're coming to you from our studio here at the UNC School of Government in Chapel Hill. I'm Patrice Rossler, Manager of Elected Official Programming here with the school's Center for Public Leadership and Governance. Today, we're talking about an issue that's extremely important to local elected officials, and that's property values. Many local governments are experiencing rapid growth in certain areas, and it's driving up the cost of housing. Increased sales prices affect appraised values, and appraised values affect property tax equity. My colleague, Chris McLaughlin, is a local government tax law expert and has been researching the effects of appraised values in some counties, Chris, thank you for joining our program today. Good afternoon. Happy to be here. Tell us what triggered your interest in studying equity and tax appraisals. Three years ago, we probably all remember the protests that sprang up across the country after the death of George George Floyd uh, that were focused primarily on law enforcement issues, criminal law issues. And we became aware of the equitable issues and how we enforce our laws, policing, related issues, all concerning criminal law. Well, I don't work in criminal law, but I know that equity concerns are important across government. I work in the tax and finance area. So I began to think about, well, how, what, what kind of equity, social justice issues are we perhaps not spending as much time focusing on as we should be in the tax and finance areas? So as I began to do some research, read a couple of studies, national studies, focusing on what's been called the appraisal gap or the assessment gap. And these studies show pretty consistently uh, across the country that uh, tax appraisals, when we put a dollar value on a piece of property and then tax that dollar value, traditionally are higher relative to market value for minority-owned property as opposed to white-owned property, which means that relative to market value, minority homeowners are paying higher tax bills because they have higher appraisals than are white property owners. So that was the appraisal gap, the assessment gap. And there's a good amount of research out there already. I didn't want to repeat that research. In fact, there's a terrific website uh, run by a school, uh, the Harris uh, Policy School out of the University of Chicago that you can plug in almost any county in the country. I think 98 of our 100 counties here in North Carolina, you can pull up an, an appraisal gap study for individual counties to see how, if, if we have disparities in terms of appraisals relative to the market value for minority homeowners relative to white homeowners. So I didn't want to repeat that research. And that's important that we know that this assessment gap exists because that means what we're doing really is unfairly allocating the tax burden onto minority taxpayers as opposed to white taxpayers. We're also perhaps leaving some money on the table as local government because if we're not taxing white-owned property relative to market value, we're taxing it below market value. North Carolina law, law tells us we're supposed to be taxing at market value. So we're leaving money on the table. We're losing money. So we have an inequity, and that's a fairness issue, right? Government should be representing all individuals similarly situated, treating them fairly and equitably. So we're doing a disfavor to minority taxpayers. But we're also doing a disfavor to local government finances because we're losing out on some market value that should be taxed owned by white-owned uh, taxpayers. So that was the starting point. And I, again, didn't want to repeat that research because we already see that 
nationally and in North Carolina. So I want to dig a little deeper and say, well, what could be generating that appraisal gap, that assessment gap? And I came to the issue of appeals, property tax appraisal appeals. I can give a little background about the reappraisal processes very briefly. So Please we're do. all yes. starting from the same point. Um, in North Carolina, counties are required to reappraise their property at least every eight years. And by reappraisal, we mean put a new tax value on that real property. North Carolina requires that tax value to be set at true market value, what a property would sell for at an arm's length transaction, both parties being equally informed about the property, neither being forced to buy or sell. So that's the reappraisal process. When there's a reappraisal, taxpayers are free to appeal whatever number they're assigned by the local appraiser. It's free, doesn't cost anything. Um, it's relatively simple. You can start it online, you can pick up the phone, and that appraisal process, that the appeal process, is what helps taxpayers, presumably, right, make, hopefully make these appraisals more accurate. Because, as I know my friend Kirk Boone, who's talked to you about reappraisal, yes. it is a mass reappraisal. We do not visit every property individually. We can't. Think about Mecklenburg County, hundreds of thousands of parcels. Not possible. Not possible. So we know there are going to be mistakes. We know that. We're going to do our best. And Kirk's talked about how you try to get that as accurate as possible. I won't go into those details. He's the expert on that. But appeal, the appeal process is vital to helping ensure the accuracy of that. I wanted to find out if there was an appeal gap as well as that might contribute rather to the appraisal gap. So the appeal gap question is, do we see minority homeowners, do we see homes in lower value neighborhoods, less wealthy neighborhoods? Are we seeing fewer appeals from minority and poorer taxpayers than we are by wealthier taxpayers, by houses from whiter neighborhoods? So what are you finding, Chris? Uh, so far, I have worked with three different counties, and I'm open to work with more. Happy to do that. Appeal data is already public, so we're not getting any secret confidential data. Um, because again, we're not looking at the details of individual appeals in terms of should that appeal have been successful or not. We're simply gathering which properties, you know, hundreds of thousands, depending on the size of your county. We then figure out which ones appealed. We then look at the geocode to identify them specifically where they are geographically in your county. We can then associate that with census data from the 2020 census. Census data is broken down by census block groups, census blocks, census tracts, all variety of sizes, depending on what the appropriate division might be. But we can then know by census block group or census tract what the average minority population, what the minority population percentage was for that census area, what the average income is, what's the average uh, median home home price in that area. So we can then have demographic data to, know, to figure out, are we seeing neighborhoods, I'll call them neighborhoods, they're really mm -hmm. census divisions, right? That if they're higher minority populations, are they appealing less often than wider populations? Are neighborhoods that have lower value homes are their appraisals being appealed less often than neighbors with higher value homes? The answer across the three counties that I've worked with so far, and that would be Durham, Mecklenburg, and Orange County. And I first want to give a shout out to all three of these folks, their elected leaders, their tax officials, who are really willing to shine a spotlight on their tax process and dig down deep to see if there's some evidence of systemic bias in their tax systems. Because importantly, 
none of us are coming at this issue thinking about accusing anyone of being overtly racist or biased against a particular type of taxpayer, type of homeowner. The problem is more systemic in terms of education and outreach and understanding about this process. I was going to ask you to tease out what systemic really means in this context. Well, in any context, Chris, because it is not overt. It is something that the process itself results in. Does your process, and this could be the tax appeal process, it could be criminal law enforcement process, it could be how we cite uh, motor vehicle violations, whatever process we're talking about, does it produce inordinately results that they're biased against a certain segment of population? So are we seeing, regardless of similar inputs coming in, that people with this type of demographic background, be it race, education, income, whatever, are are their results worse off than other individuals who are similarly situated, but just have different demographic background? So that's what we're trying to dig in there. So came back to Durham, Mecklenburg, and Orange County. Again, very appreciative of their willingness to work with me and shine a spotlight on their tax processes here. And here's what we see across those three counties. In general, homeowners from wealthier neighborhoods, from neighborhoods with higher median home prices, appeal their tax assessments more often than do homeowners in lower value neighborhoods. So wealthier neighborhoods, you're seeing a higher rate of appeals. Why do we care? Because coming back to that idea of a mass appraisal, on average, most appeals result in a reduction in assessed value. It's about 55% in Orange County, about 80% in Mecklenburg, I'm sorry, Durham County, somewhere in the middle in Mecklenburg County. But on average, if you appeal, you are going to wind up with a reduced tax appraisal. Your tax bill is going to be less, right? Presumably it's also more accurate, Right. right? Because we're producing evidence, Here's in specific details about my home. You said I had a third story. I don't. You said I had a, a, a finished basement. I don't. Those kind of issues there that we're just not going to be able to know on a mass appraisal process. So we're making them more accurate, which is a wonderful, great thing. May make them more equitable if we're having appeals equally distributed across all of our neighborhoods, across the entire county. But as we point out, what we're seeing is more often than not higher appeal rates in wealthier neighborhoods. So there is a systemic bias in favor of wealthier neighborhoods. So then we also looked at, well, did appeal rates vary based on race? Now, again, we don't know the individual race of every homeowner. We use census data to know, well, these houses came from neighborhoods that have high minority population percentages, and these houses over here came from whiter neighborhoods, and then compared appeal rates across there. So it's a general assessment of the demographics right. of, it, we did it based by on the geography. Okay. By neighborhood, not by okay. individual taxpayer, because right. we don't uh, know, of course, any one particular appeal was that a, a black homeowner or a white homeowner. We don't know that. Yeah. But we know that they came from neighborhood with 60% white or 60% black. Okay. Right? From the census data, we can determine that. What we saw, there's a, not as strong of a relationship, but in Durham and in Mecklenburg, there was some evidence that I would say actually limited to in Mecklenburg County, some evidence that appeal results and appeal rates were worse for neighborhoods with higher minority population percentages. So that means we're seeing worse being meaning fewer, fewer appeal, I'll step fewer back, appeals. lower okay. appeal rates, okay. meaning people from homeowners in minority neighborhoods, heavily minority neighborhoods, were less likely to appeal 
their tax appraisals than were individuals in wider neighborhoods. And then at least in Mecklenburg, we saw some evidence that the results, meaning your average reduction in value, because remember we said most appeals result in a result reduction in, in value. Okay. In Mecklenburg County, what we saw is um, that there was a slight, slightly worse results for appeals for minority neighborhoods. So overall, what would we say? Well, there's some evidence of systemic bias, strongest related to property values, that wealthier neighborhoods were seeing more appeals. Some weaker evidence that perhaps that the, that the demographics, the, the uh, racial composition of a neighborhood also affect appeal rates as well as appeal results. So can I insert a question here, Chris, because it's uh, playing with my mind a little bit. Uh, the, um, the rate of appeals in white-owned, predominantly white-owned neighborhoods based on the census tract. Do some of those appeals, do you have any idea what triggers those appeals? Could it be related to shock value in the assessed value of a home? If, if you're looking at an eight-year revaluation cycle, I think about how much my own home has increased in value over the last eight years. And if I if all I know about appraised value is what I see when I get that reappraisal, I might think there's no way my house can, can have increased that much. Of course, I'm going to appeal. And it's really just a disconnect between me and the reality of the sales in my neighborhood. Is there any indication that uh, the frequency of property exchanges in a neighborhood might be a contributing factor to the rate of appeals? So uh, bottom line is, I don't know don't what, what motivates okay. individual appeals. Okay. I can say, certainly we know the longer we wait for a reappraisal, if we go eight years instead of four years, we know that those uh, eventual appraisals are going to be farther away from market value right. than if we did. In a perfect world, we'd reappraise every year. Right. But we can't. You can't. Because we don't have enough money and we don't have the time to do that every year. It's an expensive process. Absolutely. But if the goal is true market value, well, then ideally we would be doing it every year. If we wait eight years, as traditionally the majority of counties did have an eight-year reappraisal cycle, we know that, that, that the change is probably going to be larger. Now, in good economic times, it's going to be a much larger increase. Right. We did see a few years there after the Great Recession, 2008, 9, 10, there were actually some reductions in tax bases and right. reduction in values. But for the most part, especially in the last three, four years in North Carolina, in most places Absolutely. in North Carolina, especially at the coast and the mountains, the secondary home market, right, that has really exploded in, in some part driven by COVID, people want to go places where you can drive to for vacations, things like that, instead of flying. Um, we have seen large increases. Did that, does that spur people perhaps to appeal more often? That may be, and, and I would bet, again, I have not studied this, mm -hmm. <clears throat> that those larger percentage increases are occurring in wealthier neighborhoods. Wow. Certainly the secondary home market, primarily well, going to be wealthier, wealthier uh, neighborhoods there. But again, coming back to the equity point, we want to make sure as a county, not only are we equitably distributing the tax base across our taxpayers based on true market values, the neighborhoods that are gentrifying, the neighborhoods that are appreciating in value perhaps more than others are being taxed appropriately, that we're not leaving money on the table by underappraising right. these homes because we're simply unaware of, right? But that we're, we want to make sure we get the true market value. So we, we don't want to make sure we're, we're being equitable, but we're also we're not sacrificing revenue from. So there's two reasons, I think, to worry about this issue here. Going forward, I do think that, that you know, this pushes the question, well, what do we do about it? Now, right. we, we know there's right. now an appraisal gap. 
now we can dig in a little deeper and we know there's an appeal gap as well. What, what, what are the possible solutions? Well, education and outreach. And I know Mecklenburg County, Ken Joyner, our former colleague here from the school government tax minister there, had done some preemptive work in different neighborhoods to try to reach out and inform people and say, here's the appeal process. We know there are going to be mistakes. We're going to do our darndest to get this accurate, but we're not going to get everybody 100% tied perfectly to market value. Impossible in a county the size of Mecklenburg, but frankly, impossible in any county of right. any size. So the more outreach that can be to encourage, encourage taxpayers, and perhaps that means we need to spend a little more time and effort in lower income neighborhoods, in minority neighborhoods, to say, here's a way we can help you with this process. If you think these tax burdens are becoming, right, that your appraisal is incorrect, it's very simple. You don't need a lawyer. It doesn't mean we're going to come and inspect your home. You can share details with us, perhaps about comparable sales. That's usually the starting point. Well, what did my neighbor's house sell for last year? What did the one across the street sell for last year? Educating people, that is a relatively simple and inexpensive appeal process, may encourage more minority taxpayers, more taxpayers from less wealthy neighborhoods to appeal more often. Now, there's a downside. Right? The upside of that is hopefully we're having more equitable appraisal and we're getting these more accurate. The downside, of course, is more appeals means we're probably going to have more lowered tax appraisals, right? Because right. I said the majority right. of appeals result in a lower appraisal. But that's the price you pay for equity, because if that's happening, it means, well, we were, we were too high on those. We want to make sure we're a little more accurate. Now, what it also means is that we're trying to be a little more accurate and spend a little more time. It's also how much do you invest up front? Are you going to have more boots on the ground in terms of actual envisioning individual properties to try to determine the physical characteristics of these properties. Now we can do a really good job now with lots of aerial photographs and that kind of imagery that we didn't have 20 years ago. But getting it more accurate up front, of course, would be wonderful. But there's a limit to what we can spend on these, right? There's practical yeah. limitations as well. But I do think education and outreach is going to be key, targeting neighborhoods that we see lower appeal rates. Thank you, Chris. I wanted to tease out one more thing from the elected official standpoint. Why do you want equity across all taxpayers? What is that about? Uh, fairness in general, and that the, the law says we are supposed to be taxing at true market value. And so we don't set true market value. The market sets true market value, right? And that's going to be different a year from now, five years from now than it is today. But making sure that across our county, and so there's horizontal equity, neighborhoods that are similar in price and value and demographics, that those homes are appraised similarly. Vertical equity being that really we're getting at that appraisal gap of are the houses that are at the top end of the spectrum appraised similarly relative to market value as are the least expensive homes in your county. Um, and that the tax burden is allocated appropriately across the county. And we're not asking minority or low-income taxpayers to carry a higher, a higher burden percentage. relative right. to the, the value of their homes. Right. right. So it is not a regressive tax situation, right. meaning that is relative to income and value of the home, what is the relative tax burden? And it seems to me like it also affects that vertical equity also affects the um, actual equity a person of color might have in their home which affects their access to capital, right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I will tell you there is a there's a disconnect, there's an inconsistency here about appraisals and how minority homeowners are affected by appraisals. You may have read about some articles that private 
fee appraisals, the appraisal you might get when you're trying to get insurance right. or buy a home, that studies have shown that when the appraiser is aware it's a minority homeowner, that appraisal actually comes in lower than market value. But I'm sitting here telling you, and many studies have shown from a tax perspective, the reverse is true. Interesting. That we are in the tax process, we are over assessing minority owned homes relative to market value right. as compared to, to homes owned by white taxpayers. Someone could probably get a PhD trying to come up with an understanding <laughs> of how thing. that inconsistency is. And I don't have a quick answer for it there. Yeah. But I do, all I can to point to is from a tax perspective, we're worried about over-appraising minority-owned property. Interesting. Chris, thank you for sharing your insights from all of your research on property tax appraisals and appeals. Is there anything else you'd like to say to our listeners before we sign off? Yes, I'd like to extend an invitation. I would love to work with more counties on similar studies about potential systemic bias in their appeal process. I'm very grateful to Durham, Orange, and Mecklenburg counties. They're willing us to shine a spotlight to dig in to see what is going on in their process. Um, and it was a very collaborative effort, not accusatory. The goal here is to understand if there is a problem. And I think we'd say the results are not particularly shocking. Going into these, I think we probably had a talk with the administrators in terms of what we might find. Nobody's particularly shocked to hear that taxpayers in wealthier neighborhoods are appealing more often than taxpayers in uh, less wealthy neighborhoods. The good news is that there's not a huge, strong pattern of bias in racial demographics um, or in results. Some evidence here and there, but not a tremendous amount. So we've sort of identified the, the scope of the problem, which is hugely important, right? Because you can't begin to solve a problem until you measure it, until you know what the scope of that problem is. So I do extend an invitation to any other counties that would be interested in working uh, with me on an appeal study. Reach out to me, Chris McLaughlin, here at the School of Government, or to Patrice. Our guest has been Chris McLaughlin, faculty member and local government tax law expert here at the UNC School of Government in Chapel Hill. I also want to thank our incredible studio producer, Paul Bonner. If you like this podcast, you can like and subscribe to it on our website, which is podcast.sog.unc.edu. You can also find Elected Ed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And certainly, if you have any ideas for additional topics, you can reach me at prossler at sog.unc.edu. That's P-R-O-E-S-L-E-R at sog.unc.edu.